0: Welcome back to another episode of the Year of Plenty podcast, the show for all things real food and the processes that bring it to the table. As always, I'm your host Poli Wieland and this episode is a solo episode. Just me today, no guests. So I recently sat down to really think about what real food means to me, like how I define a real food and then also maybe you know what it's not. And that's what I want to share with you guys today. But before we get to that, As always, this is the Year of Plenty podcast. If you like it, absolutely incinerate that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever other platform you use to listen. Make sure you share it with a friend. That's one of the best ways to support the podcast. Get in front of people that you think would also get value from the episodes. And then finally, if you enjoy it and you get tons of value from it and you want to see this podcast grow, want to see me pump up more episodes, please consider doing a donation on either Patreon or my Buy Me A Coffee account. If you want to set up a monthly donation, that's best done over my Patreon account. And if you're more into the like one-time donations, that's totally all right too. That way you can just support the podcast with however much money you think it's bringing you value one time or multiple times, but there's no like monthly commitment and that you can do over on my Buy Me A Coffee account. And links to both of those platforms will be in the podcast episode description. Also, if you don't already, follow the podcast on social media. Instagram is probably the best place to reach me. Just look for Poldy Wheeland on there. Then I'm also a lot more active on Twitter right now with the podcast. Just look for The Year of Plenty and uh then the podcast also has a facebook account and a tiktok account and on these social media accounts you're just going to find complementary content to this podcast and one more thing i did revive the newsletter recently the year of plenty newsletter so every 2 weeks or so i'm sending out a newsletter an email with three things i learned and uh this could be you know articles i'm reading excerpts from books i'm reading videos I'm watching, podcasts I'm listening to, so just three things that I have learned to really further my knowledge around real foods and things that I think you guys would really enjoy as well and learn from as well. So if that's something that interests you, it's totally free to sign up. Just go to www.theyearofplenty.com newsletter, and the link to that and the social media accounts will also be in the podcast episode description, making it super easy for you to find. All right, that's it for the intro. Let's get straight into this episode with, well, me, because there's no guest today. So I know that a lot of you listening right now enjoy this podcast because you're into the exploration of real recognizable foods. And if you've listened long enough, you know that real foods are a far better choice than ultra-processed foods, which sadly make up almost 60% of the average American diet these days. But have you ever taken the time to really think about what real food means to you. Like if someone on the street came up to you and asked you to define real food, do you think you would have a solid, thought-out answer? I recently asked myself that same question and realized that even though I inherently have an idea of, you know, what I consider real food to be, I've never actually laid out a good definition for it. So that's what I want to do now. That's what I want to do today here. So let's get into it. When you think about real food, it's, it's easy to just say, well, it's natural food that's not ultra-processed. Well, that statement is true, and it's a succinct way of defining it, but I think there's a lot more to real food than just that, so let me elaborate. First of all, yes, real foods are food ingredients that exist in their natural form, meaning that they're as close to how nature intended them to be without having undergone any major change. That's the first part of my definition of real food. So in that case, all whole foods immediately check the box for being a real food in my eyes. But notice how I said, should not have undergone any major change. I think that's really important. There's a big nuance here, because in my eyes, a real food ingredient can be processed and still be a real food in certain cases. So what do I mean by that? Well, for those that don't know, there are different tiers to processed foods. And uh Harvard, Harvard Health actually has some really good definitions for each tier of processed food. So on their website, they classify them as unprocessed or minimally processed foods, then processed culinary ingredients. Next up, they got processed foods, and then the ultra-processed foods. So let's quickly just look over what they say for each. They say unprocessed or minimally processed foods include the natural edible food parts of plants and animals. Minimally processed foods have been slightly altered for the main purpose of preservation, but which does not sustainably change the nutritional content of the food. Then the processed culinary ingredients, the next tier... They say food ingredients derived from a minimally processed food by pressing, refining, grinding or milling, they're typically not eaten on their own but used to prepare minimally processed foods. Examples include oils from plants, seeds and nuts or flour and pastas from the whole uh, made from whole grains. So those are the processed culinary ingredients and I would even argue that there's definitely different levels to these like I would not personally classify all oils as just processed culinary ingredients, like seed oils, for example, those definitely fall into the ultra-processed food category. But let's move on. The next one would be just processed foods. So here they say that these are foods from either of the two previous groups that have added salt, sugar, or fats. Some canned fruits and vegetables, some cheeses, freshly made bread, and canned fish are examples. These foods usually are made from at least two to three ingredients and can be readily eaten without further preparation. And then the last tier is the ultra-processed foods, and that is the highest tier of processing, and I think the worst, the ones that you should definitely avoid. And sadly, like I said at the beginning, those are the foods that make up most of the average American's diet. So here they say about ultra-processed foods that, commonly referred to as highly processed foods, These are foods from the prior group that go beyond the incorporation of salt sweeteners or fat to include artificial colors and flavors and preservatives that promote shelf stability, preserve texture, and increase palatability. Several processing steps using multiple ingredients compromise the ultra-processed food. It is speculated that these foods are designed to specifically increase cravings so that people overeat them and purchase more. I mean, they say speculated here, but it's not speculated. Like, we know for sure that food companies have hired scientists, food scientists, uh, that, you know, design these foods to override your internal hunger cues so that you just keep eating them, you know, that you don't want to stop, basically. So, these are the different tiers of processed foods. And for me, real food definitely falls into the first category, which again is unprocessed or minimally processed foods. But I think sometimes a real food can even fall into the processed category, but really not anything beyond those. Like a real food is never an ultra processed food in my eyes. So let me give you an example just to make this a bit clearer. How about dairy products? The real food ingredient that dairy products are made from is raw milk. So to me, raw milk is really a real food in its purest form. But what about all the different types of milk you find at the grocery store? Because there's minimally processed milk, and then there's like really, really processed milk, right? So whole milk isn't very processed. It still has most of its natural properties intact, and I personally count it as a real food. Other milk at the grocery store? Not so much. Examples of those would be like, you know, a 2% milk, ultra-pasteurized skim milk, and even chocolate milk with tons of refined sugar and weird chemical ingredients that are added. To me, this really, really processed type of milk it's just not real food anymore. For one, its properties have been altered way too much, but then also it has all these chemicals added for preservation and color, and you know I just can't classify that as a real food anymore. The same goes for other dairy products, like cheese, for example. You can get like a minimally processed cheese, or you can get a liquid queso, or even worse, cheese in a can, which I'm proud to say, I have never had and never will. But if you take the opposite end of the spectrum here, like a good cheese that is made from raw milk that has nothing but natural ingredients added to it, well, that's still real food to me. Yes, the milk was processed, but minimally to really make the cheese. So you see where I'm going with this? Clearly, when I talk about real food on this podcast or on my Instagram or in my newsletter and whatnot, I'm not the kind of purist who says, you know, it can only be totally unprocessed meat or vegetables or fruit. If I said that, that would mean I could only eat raw foods because preparing the real food ingredient for cooking and then like actually cooking it, well, it's processing the food. It might be minimally processing it, but it's still processing. So unless you're eating a raw food diet, you are in a sense eating processed food. But then again, when it comes to cooking, Yes, it's processing, but I'm also talking about like simple traditional cooking methods. So I'm not talking about meals that have a bunch of ultra processed ingredients like highly refined seed oils, chemical taste enhancers, or preservatives added during the cooking process. Meals that are prepared in that way, well, I don't personally count those as real food anymore. And this actually plays into the next part of my definition of real food, which is that real foods have a tradition meaning that they have a historical use and a long track record of people like actually using them. So I just told you that there's some foods that fall into the processed food category that I still consider to be real foods. And for the most part, it's those kind of foods that were processed from a whole food ingredient and with methods that have a long historical record. So think dried meat, foods canned in mason jars, fermented veggies, pickles, and salted fish, for example. All these have a long historical record, and are processed, but they don't have a ton of ultra-processed ingredients or chemicals added. So a good rule of thumb, I think, when deciding what quote-unquote processed foods are still real food, is to think about the historical context of the processing method, and then also whether or not the added ingredients are products of the junk food industry. Now, another important indicator of real food is nutrient density real food is nutrient dense and that is also part of my definition of real food real foods have a host of vitamins and minerals and other compounds that your body mind and genes need to run properly and that's really one of the main factors that separates real food from most processed food especially the ultra processed junk food all those ultra processed foods that most people eat these days they're just utterly devoid of nutrients that's why they get fortified with them but even then those added nutrients might not be of the same quality or as bioavailable as what you would get from eating like a whole food. They just lack the synergy of vitamins and minerals that you get in the whole food matrix. Let me give you another example to just, you know, make this a bit clearer. So let's go back to dairy. Real raw milk can be quite nutritious compared to its ultra-processed counterparts. It has vitamins D, A, E, and K, and minerals like calcium and phosphorus. But And use a big butt you don't find all of these in more processed milk skim fat-free milk won't have any vitamin k because it's concentrated in the fat well it doesn't have any fat because it's skim fat-free milk so it can't have the vitamin k also a lot of those vitamins found in the raw milk are fat soluble so if you don't have the fat in the milk anymore your body won't be able to absorb them so to me the nutrient density is definitely an important part of what defines a real food. And if we ended our definition of real food here, I think we would have a good idea of what it is and we would be able to make good food buying decisions. But I'd like to like take it one step further because I think the growing philosophy and source can also play into this idea of real food and especially nutrient density. So this might be a bit nitpicky, but I think a real food should also be raised or grown with nutrient density in mind. In the case of plants, for example, there is evidence that plants grown in healthy living soil have higher nutrient contents than those grown under the industrial ag system that really just degrades the soil and quite frankly takes all life out of that soil. So edible plants should be grown in fertile soil to make them a truly powerful real food. And the same goes for meat animals. For example, Ruminants that graze some biodiverse pastures and actually eat what they're intended to eat have way more nutrients in their meat and fat than ruminants who like sit in a stable all day and eat grains and other foods that they're not intended to be eating in large quantities. And if you want to learn more about that, I actually did a whole episode with Dr. Stefan Van Vliet on that specifically, so definitely check that out. But it's just interesting stuff that the growing philosophy and like how we raise these animals can actually impact the nutrient density. With that being said, I think the real food should also be consumed close to its source and soon after harvest, because that is also going to give you a more nutrient-rich, nutrient-dense food ingredient. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. You're thinking, but Poldi, a sweet potato surely is a real food, no matter how it's grown. And yes, when it comes down to it, I think that thought is totally right. You know, I definitely don't want anyone to avoid meat or veggies or fruit that's conventionally grown if that's all that's available for them or fits in their budget. Because honestly, organic food doesn't always fit in my budget either. And at times I eat conventionally raised plants and animals with the ultimate goal in mind that that is not what I want to do forever. That's why I hunt, fish, and forage and hopefully start a garden again this year and eventually want like my own homestead so I can just be super self-sufficient and don't have to be part of this conventional ag system. But anyways, that aside, this final part of my definition of real food, which really focuses on it being grown and consumed for nutrient density, it's not necessarily a vital part of the definition, but I do think the ideal real food is as nutrient dense as it could possibly be. Okay, so I know that was a lot, but let me just summarize my definition of real food one more time. So first of all, a real food is as close to how nature intended it to be, meaning it wasn't changed a bunch and didn't have a ton of artificial chemicals and nutrients added to it. A real food is also whole food or a slightly processed food that was processed with traditional methods that have a long historical track record. And then finally, a real food is nutrient-dense and was raised or grown with maximum nutrient density as a priority and also procured close to the source. All right, that's all I could think of for my definition of real food. Let me know if you guys have any different opinions. Maybe there's something I missed or something I didn't think about that you know fits into your definition of real food. And if that's the case, I really want to know. So please feel free to send me an email to plenty at gmail.com or even better, a direct message on Instagram. That's what I check the most. And I'd absolutely love to hear from you guys. All right, that's all I had for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed this solo episode. I know I haven't done one in a while, but I'm hoping to do more this year. I know I jam-packed a lot into my definition of real foods, but you know, I just wanted to make sure that I have a real thought-out answer. and. Uh, Hopefully, this definition will make it easier for some of you listening that maybe haven't fully jumped on the real food bandwagon to help you decide, you know, what a real food is, and help you make better food purchasing decisions going forward. Again, if you haven't already, absolutely incinerate that subscribe button or that follow button on Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you use to listen. Leave a five star review. Share the episodes with friends. And if you really want to see the podcast grow, want to help me pump out more episodes, consider making a small donation on either Patreon or my Buy Me A Coffee account. And links to all that will be in the podcast episode description, as well as the links to all the social media pages. Instagram is the one you'll reach me on. That's the one I'm most active on. So definitely follow me there. Shoot me a message. Let's get a conversation started. And yeah, if you want to join the newsletter, that sends out almost every two weeks, that includes three food-related things that I'm learning about, go over to www.theyearofplenty.com slash newsletter and uh, you know, fill out your email, first name, last name. That's all you gotta put down and you will start to receive the emails on a bi-weekly basis. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate you guys. I have a lot of cool interviews planned the next couple months, so I'm hoping to get those out to you as soon as possible. But until then, my friends, let's keep exploring real foods together. Bye-bye.